Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring CuriosityStream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. At less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Education Group, and I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your homie volunteers were achieving in New Heights, we wanted to get involved. How did the work create to leverage the internet, quality education accessible to the school to everyone and everybody? Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, director of the organization and of this radio program. Welcome back to another show on uh, news and education. We're going to be going over today. Some of these um, episodes are going to be aired over the Christmas holiday. And um, so some of these, just as a warning, um, some of the, the news may be a little older, but I still think it's important topics to cover and to share with you so you know what's happening around the U.S. and around the world. So we're going to get right into it and um, we'd love your, to receive your comments or if you have other news stories that you think are newsworthy, um, please share them with us. You can email me at newheightseducation.com. There we go. So uh, the, the first uh, news that I'm going to share with you. It's from ASCD Smart Brief, which you might receive on a monthly basis. First one is titled, Most Educators Report Declines in Test Scores. So 70% of educators who have received spring test scores say they are lower than before the coronavirus pandemic according to an EdWeek Research Center survey of district administrators, principals, and teachers. About 80% say the dips in math scores were concerning. 74% say they are concerned by secondary English language arts scores, and 76% are worried about elementary English language arts scores. My boss, when I'm reading over this, is if they're dipping even more than normal, that is pretty bad because my experience, these are already pretty low. So it says, um, they have a graph on this. This is again, edweek.org. You can look it up as leadership or low test scores have educators worried survey shows. From November of 2021, and um, it says, "How do you, how do 2020 and 2021 test state test results compare to your students' assessment results prior to the pandemic?" And it says, "Down in areas, 44 uh, percent. Down in some areas, about the same in others, is 26 percent." And then down in some areas, about the same in some areas, up in some areas, 17%. And 
and then um, there's only 4% that shows the same across the board. So it's up in some areas, about the same as others, it's 8%, and then up across the board is 2%. So um, it's, there's like a, a little starter thing underneath a graph, and it shows responses from teachers, principals, and district leaders. Here. The results add to the growing stream of data demonstrating that students' academic progress stalled over the 2020-2021 school year. The pandemic's interruptions to instruction. Just earlier this month, for example, curriculum and assessment provider, curriculum associates released results from the screening and math diagnostic test. This fall, showing that fewer students in grades one through eight are on grade level in reading and math than in the years past. But state standardized test results specifically come with several caveats, assessment experts have said. As Education Week, Catherine Dorrance reported last month, disruptions to testing as usual during the 2020 to 2021 school year could affect the validity of the scores. Some states allowed students to test remotely, making it difficult to compare their results to those of students who tested in person. And many states reported lower than average participation rates, meaning that the result might not reflect the student population. Even in districts where most students tested in person, some educators say that the results have limited usefulness this year. Past Andrew McDaniel might have compared results at his school to others in the state to see if he could learn from similar schools that had better scores in certain areas. But this year, there are too many variables at play, like how much time kids spent in buildings or how much support they had from families at home. Isn't that interesting how life goes back to that? It's always the family's fault. To glean much useful information from the kind of comparisons that we can, the principal of Southwood, junior and senior high school in Walbosh and Anna. Quote, it's important, but it's not the only data point that we look at, he said, of state test scores. Scores aren't fine-grained enough to guide instruction. State standardized test scores only capture one moment in time, a point that critics of using them for accountability purposes have long emphasized. But this fact makes scores especially hard to interpret during the pandemic, as students' learning environments keep shifting, McDaniel said. For example, at Southwood Junior and Senior High School, some students were remote during 2020 and 2021 school years, while others attended school in person. Many of those who were in person still had to leave the building for weeks at a time due to quarantining requirements. Often students struggled with one with online learning, we handled Quote, our numbers of failing grades were just off the charts. And that was reflected in a school state test scores, which were lower than in years past. This year, though, the district isn't offering a remote option. So all students are in the building. The district also changed the quarantining policy so that parents can choose to keep sending children to school if they've been exposed to someone who tested positive as long as the student isn't showing symptoms. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends that all unvaccinated students who have been exposed to quarantine. So some schools have started to remove this requirement, these requirements, or put other policies in place for the school year. Students are spending a lot more time in the building than they did last year, and they're already making academic progress, like Daniel said. 2020-21 school year test scores, while low, aren't his biggest concern in the city landscape. 
Instead, it's behavior and social emotional skills as students relearn the routines of school. So there's a chart here. It says, how would you categorize the students' 2020-21 state test results in the following subjects and grade levels? So it shows that in elementary math, that there, it's very concerning at 32%, somewhat concerning for uh, at 48% in elementary math. And then there's somewhat positive at 14% and that very positive at 6%. Then in elementary English and language arts, they give very concerning 29% in, in elementary English language arts. And then they have somewhat concerning at 47%, and then somewhat positive at 17%, and then 70% very positive all in elementary. They have in secondary math, they have scored very concerning at 34%, somewhat concerning at 47%, uh, somewhat positive at 14%, and then 5% very positive. The numbers are very terrible compared to the different uh, math. Now for secondary English and language arts, they say they're very very concerning at 25%, uh, 49%, and then there's, which is, I'm sorry, somewhat concerning at 49%, then somewhat positive at 20%, and then 7% very positive for secondary English arts. And uh, you can find those terms. Other educators say that their students' scores from last year reflect persisting academic needs. Mike Cooler, the secondary mathematics curriculum specialist in Western City Schools in Ohio, says that the schools were considerably worse than the last testing cycle than in the years past. He attributes the dips to a few factors like instructional modes and districts shifted throughout the year, in-person learning, causing disruptions. And the spring shutdowns of 2020 pushed teachers to play catch up with previous year's content at the start of 2020 rather than moving on to grade level work. So it's very difficult to convince teachers to stay on grade level standards to scaffold when needed, as opposed to Further quote, we didn't cover that at the end of last year, and we need to do that first, he said. So there was much more backfilling than I would have liked before we even knew what students needed. Still, he doesn't think that the state assessment for last spring can provide much of a roadmap for how to support students now. The information that we get from the state isn't really fine-grained enough to guide instruction, Miller said. Instead, he's supporting teachers and using a combination of quantitative and qualitative data in the classroom and school level. Math teachers are using supplemental online learning programs to diagnose and fill gaps in grade level skills. The district also has started doing a learning round, sending a group of teachers and school and district level administrators out to schools to observe what practices teachers are using. These groups are looking for the kind of practices that will set standards up for success in high school, like math conversations, persistence through complex problems and working on tasks that require reasoning and could have more than one solution. But I'm more concerned when preparing kids for the long run, said Holler. It was a, a lengthy report but there was a lot to cover there. Um, there's some interesting other things that I came across in the news, like um, uh, barbershops help promote from literacy in communities. Now it's from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. WPDE.com, which is a Marion County District partner with uh, barberships to help close learning gaps. This was from November 14th. It was ABC 15 News reported this. Um, it says the pandemic was, has forced school districts to get creative in finding ways to help students in their academic recovery 
one PD school district hopes the new program will not only help a student, but bring the community together. When it became clear COVID-19 wasn't going anywhere anytime soon, leaders with the Marion County School District started to think of ways to help combat learning loss. And quote, it truly takes a village. So just reading and studying well what others were doing in the state and out of the state, ways to get the community involved, helping us improve literacy in our schools, says Mary County School Superintendent Candace Lafayette. After doing some research, the district found a program that included partnering the local barbershop to help close that learning gap. Barbershops, barbershops, as a quote, have always been the place where communities come together and exchange information. What's going on locally, what's going on nationally. The barber has always played an important role inside those communities, said the owner of Fred Barbershop, Frederick Guy. The program is called Cutting Edge Literacy Project and gives students the chance to read books provided by the district to their barbers while they are getting a haircut. So far, three barbershops are participating and they say they feel it's a great way for the community to get involved in the future of the county. <clears throat> Thinking the kids stimulate their minds and stimulate themselves other than just the video games and cell phones to those mobile devices that go. Not just my just my teachers care about how I'm going in school in terms of my academic schooling, but my barber cares. The people in my community care that they see their growth as learners. That we're all invested, said the Students are asked to get a picture of themselves reading and posting using the hashtag setting at literacy MSTB. Superintendent Lafayette added the district plans to expand the program to include beauty salons next and so the sky is the limit. Welcome back to the New Action on Education. This is Emily Clark, and we are covering news and education. This uh, story I have for you is from uh, 74million.org, and it is an article that published November 16th by Marina, I'm sorry, Mariana McBurdo. And it's titled Chan Zuckerberg commits nine million to expand pathways for educators, school leaders of color. And it says to ensure classroom leaders better reflect and support racially diverse students the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is distributing $9 million to 10 U.S. nonprofits. Funding will cultivate career pathways for teachers and district leaders of color. The CZI co-founder and co-CEO, Priscilla Chan, announced the grants for racial diversity in education during the 49th Annual National Alliance of Black School Educators Conference late last week. So not only do you help your students learn, but you also help them feel a deep sense of belonging and helping them become the young people who are curious, confident, and caring members of our family on November 11th. From pre-service teacher education to professional support for indigenous teachers moving into district and school board rules, grants ranging from 175,000 to $2 million will support organizations in preparing and supporting historically excluded populations in K-12 leadership. Two students of color make up 54% of the K-12 public school population. Nearly half of 
schools are operating without any teachers of color. CGIA funding will also help support the Hunt Institute and policy advocacy to add 1 million teachers of color to schools by 2030. The Institute will work with gubernatorial candidates on their education platforms and offer a state legislator retreat and more regions. The campaign, which launched during the social justice movement of the summer of 2020, would eliminate, eliminate the educator diversity gap. More diverse teacher workforce could result in big social, emotional, and academic gains for increasingly multi-ethnic and multilingual student populations. Having with a black teacher student Having had a black teacher, students, particularly students of color, benefit from higher expectations, experience, fewer suspensions, and graduate high school at higher rates. I'm not sure where they get that from um, or what group they have in those, those statements. Nothing is incorrect. I just, they don't give any proof either. So, um, the system grantees will also focus initiatives on helping teachers move into district or state standards and, in turn, be able to support teachers of color implementing change. Quote so, My experience has been, yes, has been you get a phenomenal principal, or you get a handful of really great teachers, or you have an out of this world superintendent, and then we, and then, I'm sorry, and then when they retire, where they move on or for whatever number of reasons, sometimes those great initiatives fall by the wayside. This is really about creating leaderful communities where even as people move on, the work continues because the whole community is invested, said Jonathan Sancho Silva, executive director of the Liber Institute, which works with rural communities. Receiving $800,000, she trained indigenous students, families, and leaders to competitively run for school board and district leadership. Her new programming has encouraged thought partnerships with Empire Education and National Indian Education Association, and students for at the colleges and universities. And for the Equity Institute, a Rhode Island based nonprofit working with teachers to sustain anti-racist thinking and teaching environment. There are 800,000 VI grants in long-term growth. They'll be able to hire more staff, enhance technology, evaluate and spread their work at a time that it's needed the most. Um, New Mexico Teachers Group Support with Wellness Retreats, SEL. The school district in New Mexico is hoping to better support teachers' well being by replacing professional development days with wellness retreats. The retreats focus largely on social emotional learning, including sessions on mindful movement and creating gardens of SEL for teachers and students. The full story can be found at Heikinger's report, and it was published in 1117. Also in West Virginia High School, students prepare for future in computer science classes. Students are learning various skills in a West Virginia high school where Randy Heron has been teaching with computers for more than 40 years. Heron says, Continuing education keeps you up to speed to teach students learning programs and acquiring skills such as GME, GRIX, Python, HTML, Chrome, piloting. Full story can be found at the Cold Valley News in Madison, West Virginia, published on 1117. Virginia district considers new cell phone restrictions. Students use of cell phones and other digital devices in classrooms is becoming problematic, and school leaders in Richmond, Virginia are considering potential policy towards 
they be used. Officials say there's a policy in place for cell phones, but it's not enforced in all cases. Full story is reported on WWBT TV in Richmond, Virginia on 1117. Also, the Nebraska Student Group Service as liaison to leaders. A group of about three dozen middle and high school students is serving as the liaison for the district administration and school board. Says youth development coordinator Pete Ferguson, who created the Scholar Equity Adder Program in Lincoln Public Schools, Nebraska. This article includes students discussing the program and the benefits to promote equity, awareness, and change inside and outside of schools. Full story can be found at Lincoln Girls Stars, Nebraska, which level 16. Um, uh, that's our federal dashboard tracks coronavirus cases in schools. The U.S. Education Department and CDC have released a new coronavirus dashboard that tracks case and vaccination numbers in schools. The data from various sources also will track whether the schools are operating in person, remotely, or mixed of both. The full story is that the journal was published on 1115. There's access to the dashboard. In, in the article, I just mentioned, um, it, it takes you to ed.gov backslash coronavirus backslash data, and you'll have uh, it has like a COVID data, COVID 19, and the 2021 to 2022 school year. And then um, there's links to like the tracker, the data hub, and then school operations. Which uh, choose it by state as well. This is kind of kind of neat. Um, you can choose. So you choose your state. You choose your district. You could choose even by a district ID, and then um, yeah, I'll just choose Ohio if that's an option, which I'm assuming it is. Mm, Ohio. And then I'm going to choose the district, local one, which I'm going to go with. Um, let me see if I can find that one. Okay, got it. Maybe Toledo. And then, <clears throat> this is really kind of cool because it shows, the U.S. shows Canada. Um, it shows current data coverage for Toledo, 100% of students. Showing accurate on either one of the hybrid or remote. And um, the filters have a out of coverage by district 10.9 thousand um, students. In person, says 11.7 thousand. Hybrid, now there's another, there's like a whole other section. So 
subscribers to it as 145 remote. Well, I, I'm wondering if it's hybrid and it's remote, but it must be true public school only. So I'm not counting like regular charter schools or remote learning groups. I don't know why they're not using those numbers though. I don't understand that. But anyway, there's other numbers there as well. I'm not going to go through all of them. But um, it does have a seven-day daily average COVID-19 case uh, case rates among children and adults as well. I have like a graph track that. So I'm going to keep this thing handy. I, I think it's um, kind of a neat thing to have access to. You may want to check it out if you're interested in that kind of information. <clears throat> Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. That's Pamela Clark. And we're talking about news and education. mental health. Middle, middle school students, I know it's a big thing right now. I was actually just speaking with someone today and thought about this. Um, share a little bit about that in a moment. But anyway, um, it's, it's a big thing right now for just mental health in general students. Um, well, anyways, this article reports middle school students are experiencing more mental health challenges, likely worsened by the coronavirus pandemic and its effects. During a recent conference, discussed the issue in the past forward, saying students' voices must be included in the discussion, and students who were who also were represented. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. New on Curiosity Stream. This bear is walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcoming environment to learn. And the full report can find at the Heikinger Report and published in 2016, titled How to Support Middle Schoolers Mental Health. So, anyways, as I was saying, I was speaking with someone just today about this. There in the Chicago area. And the topic there right now as well. And here's the real issue in the way that I see it, okay? Now, children in compulsory school, 
they are being schooled, but they're not being educated. Well, what do I mean by that? Um, school and education are not the same thing. If, if you are trying to teach everybody the same thing at the same time, it's not going to work. That's being schooled. Um, people have different strengths. They have Those things is what we should be targeting and and helping students figure out who they are going to be, who they you know should be, what they should do in their life, what their gifts and their strengths are. We should be feeding those those gifts and those strengths. If you don't and you're forcing them to sit there and and learn in ways that are not natural to them, there's going to be more depression and more confusion on their identity and other issues. So I know the public school systems are not set up to help students in the way that we're talking about. So it's all preventative where it shouldn't even get to this point, in my opinion. If you're nurturing and, and you're educating, not schooling, but educating, and you're inspiring the students to learn about themselves, their family background, their family history, uh, helping them identify with their community, how they're tied to it, how their families are tied to it, how they can better their own environments and their own communities, then you're going to have um, you know, students that are much happier and much more productive and and will do great, great things. All of this is preventive. All of it. So think about what I said. Think about how you can prevent these issues in your own family. And yes, there's there's people that have health issues, disabilities. Um, or I call them special needs, and um, that need, you know, psychological help sometimes, and stuff like that. You know, the pressure somebody's family, but even that, I challenge to say that, that even though it's the same thing, but it's just another generation because they've been beat down in these compulsory schools. Um, and they have a lot of anxiety because of it. So, but I really do think that the culture schools are a source of most of this. So, to think that they can fix it in any way is naive, to say the least, um, into thinking they even want to fix it is just another level of, of it's just not rational. So, in my opinion. So, that's my, my thought on it. And um, so the, next, the next thing I wanted to share was uh, interest groups add hands-on components to lessons. This is kind of interesting. Through focused interest groups, eighth graders at a Michigan school are leveraging their school work towards to affect real world change. So Borman says that taking the extra step helps engage and inspire students who are working on projects such as designing shirts for basketball team members and building cornhole boards for auctions. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and you could even take it, there's so many other things you can work into that. But the students should really be able to explore as many hands-on types of activities, in my opinion, as they can, figure out what their interests are, what those gifts and those passions are, which, what we should be feeding um, for each of these students. Teacher uh, content matters more than ever in U.S. history classes. How should we teach U.S. history? That's kind of an interesting question, isn't it? 
Um, is it mostly about caring question or critical thinking about historical knowledge? Teacher Lauren Brown stands firm for content. If we quote, if we've learned anything from the culture wars this year, it's that too many Americans do not know their history. Amen to that. And why is that important? We have to know our history or we'll repeat our mistakes. So kind of like if you, and I know you've heard that probably before, but think of it as when you've made mistakes in your own life, okay? Maybe you've made the same mistake more than once. And I'd like to think that none of us. Right. I mean, I'd like to think that none of us make the same mistake more than once, but we know that we do because we're human. So if, and it's okay to make mistakes, right? But maybe we try to, to tweak something the next time and so we don't make the same mistake or try to solve something. So, so we change it a little bit. And then if we, if we made a mistake, we try again, right? So other people have lived before similar situations, and they certainly didn't even have the resources that we have now, but we can still learn from all of those instances and all of those people. And I think right now there is no one that's teaching American history any better than Hillsdale College. They offer a lot of free online college courses through our website or free and discounted courses. And then of course, you guys have their own education history show. You may want to check out with Kathy Woodry, but um, I, I'm a lover and a lover of history, and I don't know everything, but I know a lot more than most people. I've studied history, not just American history, but world history, and um, and I've done that in genealogy as well. I'm a genealogist, so I'm I'm I know a lot of, about history in a lot of different ways that people don't know. And I'm telling you, it is a very important thing that we should be doing. Okay, this next news clip is from state and local education news from actual Ohio. So, um, so it's Hamilton Journal News, Ohioans ages five to 25, five days left to register for the first chance to win up to $100,000 scholarships as part of the state back to school program. The state is giving away 150, 10,000 scholarships and $500,000 scholarships to eligible Ohioans who have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. The program aims to boost vaccination rates among younger residents. These scholarships can be used at any Ohio college, university, trade, or career program. So I personally am not and for that, um, but I'm reporting the news, reporting what's happened. So, Southport West looking to win 25,000 state farm grant. New work advocate in just 10 days, uh, in just 10 days in August, 125,000 people have more than 3 million votes in support of their favorite causes. As a result, 40 communities in 18 states, including four states, in Ohio, will be getting an assistant state farm. Um, from state farm, state farm is proud to announce the top 40 vote getter getting causes that $125,000 to improve their community. The grant will allow us to purchase greenhouse creating opportunities to meet several needs in our district. A pathway to the future of farm and table honoring the position of agriculture in our schools while supporting our food insecure families that follow ball of Southwest, Southwest looking local school. Downer Heights is part of this as well, um, where we were up for the money, but we did not receive enough votes to get it all in place. But it was still an honor to be nominated. Um, Elyria Schools gets school supply donation from Walmart. In the Lorraine Morning Journal, the Valeria 
City School District is finding ways to keep morale high during an uncertain time. Amy Higgins, the Valeria Schools Communication Marketing Director, said the district received some unexpected help. Walmart and Parma donated nine pallets of school supplies to the district. from um, Smart Brief on Special Education. Disrupting literacy learning. The COVID-19 pandemic has led to notable disruption in the education landscape with various levels of learning loss impacting students across the country. UNESCO research reported over 100 million students currently fall below the minimum Proficiency level in reading. I challenge it was close to that even before the pandemic. Educators have had to adjust their approaches to instruction due to the direct impact of the pandemic and emergency remote learning needs. We have this smart focus to learn how educators can use science of reading based intervention to address disrupted literacy learning. And I'd say take it with a grain of salt. But this is from um, go to www.portbrief.com and then uh, you can look for Pressing Disrupted Literacy Learning, right? Title. Okay. Texas District Improves Outcomes with SEL. A Texas district used a social and emotional learning curriculum to improve from an S to B status by Superintendent Brandon Hubbard. And in this commentary, Hubbard shares five strategies such as establishing the building blocks, adding the district initiated SEL lessons with Mindset Monday. Full story can be found at smartbrief.com as well. This was written by Brandon Hubbard on November 18th. And um, here are the five ways that their SEL curriculum help them go from an F to a B. Get positive buy-in from stakeholders. All teachers, staff, and some board members participated in the initial training for our new SEL curriculum, which has been rolled out district-wide. Our very first training here was engaging. Teachers bought in and saw all the needs. With the positive buy-in from our initial launch, the success of the SEL program implementation. Establishing the building block. Initially, this number two, sorry. Establishing the building. Initially began teaching SEL in Mindset Monday. The time was blocked off on the school calendar and all students and teachers in classrooms focused on implementing the appropriate mindset for 30 minutes in the hallway or during a tutorial period. We started with the We Are Connected mindset because as a small community, our school is the heartbeat of that community. Number three. Expand SEL reach. When we work through the remaining mindset, changing the out on a weekly basis, we're now working to integrate mindset lessons through the week in order to support a more holistic SEL focused culture on campus. Hilton ISD is also doing more shout outs to recognize teachers that exhibit the weak mindset weak mindset in their classes. We now want to start having more intentional conversations around specific mindsets on a regular basis on campus. And we also integrate SEL-related activities into our district's leadership meetings. Number four, they allow for reflection and promote responsibility. I especially like our SEL program supports reflection for both students and teachers alike. Yeah, 
Washington gives us all the chance to reflect and build the type of culture and atmosphere that we want for our students. It also helps us to understand that we are responsible for the culture and climate in our classrooms. Ah, it makes it easy for teachers to use. Our SEF curriculum is easy for teachers to use and doesn't require them to search for resources, plan out their curriculums and or pull the resources to achieve a common goal. And while teachers do preview or preview the lessons and develop thoughtful discussions around specific topics, the heavy lifting has already been done for them. Everything they need to implement is in the seven mindset portal where every video, activity, lesson is right at their fingertips. New on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. About that, you can um, check it out. So the page that I was reading from is districtadministration.com. Backslash five ways that help elevate our districts in a predictive based status. Utah teams increased the number of high school graduates. The number of students in Utah high schools grew by 1,233 students in 2021. Compared with the previous year and four-year graduation rate remained about the same. At 88.1% compared with 88.2 in 2020, a report released by the Utah State Board of Education shows. The annual report also shows the dropout rate remaining steady at 10%. Full story can be seen on KTBX TV in Salt Lake City and was um, on the more youth use TikTok versus Instagram. 63% of US youth ages 12 to 17 are using TikTok weekly up to 50% in 2020. According to a report by Forrester, use of TikTok now is outpacing Instagram and one of that demographic. All stories can be seen on CNBC for 11-18. There's a um, tips to help schools tap relief funds for OER. School districts can tap federal coronavirus relief funds for support with open education resources. Coordinator of K-12 programs and grants at Virginia Beach Public Schools, NG Valor Educational Technology Specialist, Administrator of Go Open VA. In this commentary, they share several tips such as starting Sexism can be taught in school. Yet Alice O'Brien, 
General Counsel for National Education Association says the new rules are vague and leave much of their interpretation in the eye of the beholder. Story can be seen at the Associated Press and was published on 1118. Researchers reported the International Journal of Advancement of Counseling that teens posted around 58,000 to 68,000 images on Instagram in January and February of 2018 with hashtags associated with health injuries. Suicide did not appear in full, and that the number of these posts rose to more than 112,000 by September 2018. Increases in the usage of hashtags like self-harm awareness, hate myself, and self-harm. The findings also showed that in 2019, over 1.2 million people on Instagram exhibited non-suicidal self-injury, including one of the three hashtags, of self-harm, the three M's, and cutting. Full story can be found at Health Day News. Department of Education and is 
eye exams and eye glasses for Mansfield City School students in need. Mansfield News Journal reports more than 60 students from throughout the Mansfield City Schools received free eye exams and eyeglasses if needed at a special clinic Wednesday and Thursday at Sherman Elementary School. The Ohio Optometric Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, offered its IC or in-school eye exam program this week. There's a lot more to discuss, a lot more things happening to do. But again, I don't want to do more than an hour a show at a time. Um, this is from Smart Brief on Special Education, and it's, it's under curriculum and instruction. It's hospital internships teach students work skills. Students with disabilities in the Sora Independent School District in El Paso, Texas, participating in a year-long work program at the hospitals of Providence East Campus. <coughs> program participants gain experience working in various hospital departments with the goal of helping them find work after graduation, says instructor Monica Gaskell. Full story can be seen on JBIA TV um, in El Paso, Texas, published 
Bill Haberther, historical society secretary, said, now that the building is almost fully renovated, we can do these types of programs to educate students about building history. Ivy has raised more than a million dollars in the past five years toward improving every, every facet of the former high school. Plays throughout are donated items primarily from Bethel Park's past, providing today's students with first-hand looks at everything from authentic military uniforms to 1970-era roller skates. It's just another sign that this building has so much potential in what we can do for our community said. The visit represented the first field trip for the young students since prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, I love the fact that we do have this local resource learning about your history and where you come from, whether you're a Bethel Park resident or not, is always a positive aspect of any of our lives. Right? That was the subject of a lesson took place at Pittsburgh Terminal Railroad in Coal Company Number 8, Mine, which opened in 1920 and operated for nearly 30 years in Bethel Park, Cokeverdale neighborhood. The labor dispute became so contentious that in June 1932, the state fired on strikers who were attempting to distribute flyers outlining their grievances. Today's Coverdale Miners Memorial Park, which recently underwent a 125,000 makeover, stands as a tribute to the workers of yesteryear. I think we've come to the end of today's show. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this and found it informative. And um, doing another one very soon. And um, stay great, great. Here coming, hopefully.